and audio is on and now we're on the screen and we're being able to be seen and yes i'm wearing the tank top because it was it's been hot lately nate it's Maybe for you it's february it shouldn't be we had a 60 degree day this week man i know sweltering <laughs> swelter 60 degrees is a swelter <laughs> for someone like me it is uh, anyway, hey, hi, hello, it's me, Chris, a.k.a. Tom Lurbrito, and me, Nate, a.k.a. LLTBot. Uh, and this is another episode of Space Time Taco, our first actual live. We're actually doing this live. We haven't done this in a while, <laughs> a very long time. I don't, I think I told you I'm doing, we're doing this live. We're doing this live. Um, so if you see anything, uh, or hear anything, um, don't say anything. You saw nothing. You hear nothing. <laughs> Little nip slip. Oh, um, <laughs> random creature coming up behind Nate and eating his soul. I mean, that's just Sunday for me. It is Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you go back to the gutter for every Wednesday is to retrieve your soul. Yes. It's not that you live there. It's just that you have to beat the monster that steals your soul every Sunday, every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're adding to the lore. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, the lore. We're gonna have a. We're gonna put out a whole book with like crosswords. <laughs> crosswords, interesting. Yeah, you've never seen a lore book with crosswords. I have not. Oh, okay. Um, I, I didn't even do anything to it this time. <laughs> Just fuzzy. <laughs> Just completely it's, out of focus for no it's reason. Focusing, no, it's because it's focusing on the demon. Whoa, he's gone. He's back. There were, there were multiple of me for a second. I kind of liked yes. it. Um, anyway, Nate, hi. How you doing? I missed you. I feel like we haven't seen each other in two weeks. We haven't seen each other in two weeks. We didn't, uh, we didn't the even... The day that we normally go by comic books, you just texted me back stream. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't finish streaming until... Uh, six thirty, mm-hmm. maybe something around that. Maybe six. I don't remember. Um, okay. Yeah, because I literally came home, started streaming, and uh, one of the th- big things we're talking about today. Um, we uh, or yeah, I went from streaming right into live reacting, so nonstop since I got home from work. So it was a... Not only that, I also got home late. I was planning on getting home on time, and then I ended up being an hour late anyway. I'm like, well, whatever. Um, So yeah, for waking up, starting work at 4 a.m. and not getting done everything I needed to do until 6 p.m., I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. (laughs) Um, And then obviously the next two days, you you streamed one day and uh, Mm -hmm. other stuff on Thursdays. So I'm like, we're not going to... It's just not no comics this week. Um, so yeah, we'll go next week. I mean that's fine. Uh, no, I mean for a channel, um, it's funny. I went back and looked at some of the metrics. Uh, the Talko Tuesday I did with Leslie was our most popular video for the week. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Um, let's not let's not get into metrics. Metrics are. <laughs> But no, that made me, I will say, I I was very happy with, um, just, I literally, I opened up the stream and with you two, one thing and you control on it and all that stuff. I love that. I was so happy. It made me feel good. Um, also just to see friends, my friends interact that like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's fun. Um, 
it gives you good feels, Nate. Right in the in it the does. chest area. I think it might be indigestion. It um, does. Probably not going to play Monster Hunter on stream anymore. <laughs> eh. Um, it's, it's fun, but it's niche, and I think I've worn it out. Yeah. Well, hey. Um, well, we'll keep it as a, a mystery stream until you tell me the next <laughs> game you're going to play. Uh, I, obviously... Um, have been streaming and actually threw in an extra bonus stream Thursday. Uh, I've been streaming uh, the Wind Waker randomizer, and the entire first night that I did it, what I didn't realize until the next week, because uh, I only played it Wednesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday a little bit. Um, turns out I didn't just randomize the items like it was supposed to, I accidentally randomized caves and dungeons. So, <laughs> uh, whoops. So that game is going to take a little bit longer than I originally expected it to. Um, there is logic, so it's not like I can't do things. Uh, mm-hmm. With all that previous knowledge and walkthroughs, there's all got out the window now. It's a whole new game. It's gone. I'm like, oh, I know I can go to this. Oh, I can't. I can. I can go here, but I can't do the thing inside of it. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing is the fact that there exists a a temple in the game that I have access to that does not exist within the world currently. Mm. Uh, the not temple of time temple of the gods, um, which is basically people call it the water temple of the game because it's very much like, Oh, you got to adjust the water levels over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. it's weird. (laughs) Uh, I have a, I have a note, pad thing on my phone being like okay these are the games this or these are the doors that you need to go into to find the place you want to go um especially when like the earth temple is just in a random cave it's it's oddly enough more annoying than it ever was to get into the earth temple because you have to keep playing the stupid little like nut golf game did you ever play wind waker yes Okay, so do you remember that island that had three different little golf spots where you had to use the leaf to blow the the little nut thing into the hole? Yes. So when you beat it the first time, it doesn't stay unlocked. Every time you leave that area and come back, it respawns everything, so you have to redo it every time. So in a game where you go into a place thinking it's something, and then you find out that you don't have any of the things you need to go into it further, that's super fucking obnoxious. Especially when... I have a few things, can go back in, get a little bit done, and then come back out. Because the problem is, something in that place might be important enough that I need it for another thing to progress further to get the other thing that I need to come back to this place. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a lot, Nate. That's why I have a tracker. Um, I don't know if I've told you about or shown you the tracker, but yeah, I have a tracker that tells me where everything is. and Not where it is, sorry where I can access, things that I can access, things I can still do with the items I have. Um, There is technically a cheat log somewhere that tells me where everything is. One, I have no idea where I save that. Uh, And two, I'm not going to look at that. That's boring. (laughs) 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 Who wants to... No, you're not cheating. Fuck that shit. Um, But yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love playing this randomizer. I'm really excited because uh i just one i'm playing as uh the villain from a game that we can now have access to 
coming up and breaking news, big news, big news topic. Um, but it's just, I, I've watched so many randomizers and to finally actually full on go into it and be like, I am playing through this entire thing. I'm not going to be like, haha, this is fun. I'm done. Um, yeah. <laughs> Commit. I'm committing. Doom. Uh, I already have plans for all my other streams, all my games afterwards. I forethought all this. Is it things that I've wanted to do for the last year and a half? Yes. Am I finally going to do it? Uh, yeah. You know, mostly. <laughs> I don't know. Are you excited to play anything? Do you have anything on stream that you've been like, okay, I'm a whole, I've been holding off. Do you like um, doing the mini stream? Because you've done that once now, right? Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, the mini painting stream I like doing. Um, it's kind of giving me the best of both worlds. I get to do a productive thing that I enjoy doing and stream it at the same time. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as gaming streaming goes, it's really just me finding a game to play. And so probably what I'm going to play next stream is the game I have on the list today because um, I found a YouTube channel. Um, she goes by the name of the Sphere Hunter. So like Final Fantasy theme for a name. But she covers mostly survival horror games or some of my other favorite stuff. Like, she has a whole retrospective series on Devil May Cry. Oh. Um, I think I've heard you talk about that one before. As much as I wanted to play Callisto Protocol, because I'm such a big fan of Dead Space, as I watched her Dead Space retrospective series, which she didn't even cover three on, because we just don't talk about Dead Space 3. Oh, was it that bad? Um, it's not necessarily bad, but it changed so much of what Dead Space was mm-hmm. um it was kind of like the transition between resident evil 4 up to 6 right is you had a game in the middle five which tried to combine elements of both you know that survival horror but some actiony stuff yeah and then you had six which went just completely off the rails and was committed to these big action set pieces and that's kind of what dead space 3 was like um you know the gun customization all that stuff like they added a lot to the game but when ea went kind of just completely off the rails and start introducing microtransactions into it and other things where it's just like you you build this sort of new character to deal with both necromorph and human enemies and it kind of just it feels a less like a like there's any horror to the game and more like it's just you're now this badass action hero which wasn't very dead space yeah <laughs> um as opposed to like dead space 2 where you gradually build up to that with with your character um, but the game that she talked about, one of the games she talked about that I'm going to talk about is, uh, it, it sort of goes back to the, like, Resident Evil 2 type of survival horror. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll probably be streaming that. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm just, a lot have of you... the stuff I play is niche stuff that nobody really cares about but me. Have you, I was going to say, have you played it yet, or did you say? I played a little bit of it today. Okay, um, cool. And that was just for me to get a feel for the game and see kind of what it was about to even see if it would be worth, like, streaming to begin with. Um, or even if it's worth my time to play, because, mm-hmm. let's be honest, Game Pass is hit and miss sometimes. <laughs> um, there's just, well, there's just so much content on there. Um, yeah. Besides that, I did download some games on the cheap. There was a sale, there's still a sale going on on Xbox, their RPG sale. So, um... I got Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War for like extra cheap. Is Shadow so, of War the other? Is that are they both the uh, Zelda or not Zelda uh, Lord of the Rings things or no? 
They are both Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, follow the same character through both games. Shadow of Mordor was the first one, and Shadow of War was the second one. Um, and they, they, a lot of the gameplay is based around this nemesis system that they have in the game, where it's like, yeah, if you uh, defeat like a certain high level orc, you can instead of just outright killing them, you can kind of make them submit to you and move them into certain key positions and sort of the orc structure to interrupt other orcs. So there's this almost like chess mode in the game where you're deciding whether you're going to kill or shame certain characters to move them into certain positions of power because you know that you're going to have to fight those people later. <laughs> like you say you can shame them. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> button literally says shame on it. Like... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, shaming them does drop their, I believe, at least, I don't know if this is true in Shadow of Mordor, but in Shadow of War, you could actually drop their level by shaming them. Oh, wow. And you could keep fighting the same orc over and over again and shame them to the point where they their dialogue useless. just became a bunch of babbling. Like, they couldn't speak. <laughs> you Jesus. just mind-break orcs through the game. <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> Seem like a good person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're possessed by an extremely hostile elf spirit, so... You know. See, I have no idea anything about that game. Mm. Um, I'm very much somebody that, like, I saw Lord of the Rings movies, and then I'm like, cool, I'm good. I don't need any more of this. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, like, its whole separate piece of Lord of the Rings lore. It's less more about Lord of the Rings and more just inspired by it. It's not a whole bunch of walking... No, it's not 10,000 establishing shots taking up 45 minutes of the runtime. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Um... <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, Nate, as you can see, um, I have not really consumed much media besides uh, what I've been streaming and um, things that you haven't watched because you haven't watched goddamn uh, Trigun. <laughs> no, I haven't watched Trigun. And I also cannot bring up... Um, Trigun. I know you have not watched any of uh, Last of Us yet, but... Um, they actually, instead of having a Sunday episode like they normally do to get out of the way of the superb owl, uh, they moved it to um, Friday night, I believe. Uh, so I just actually watched that this morning, and whew, another good, great, great episode, in my opinion. Um, mm. Again, no spoilers. As somebody <laughs> that had never played the game, but I've, I've paid attention to a lot of things surrounding the game, um, I can only imagine that this is everything and more that the fans wanted um which mm -hmm. is great um but yeah so what have you been watching reading playing listening doing so one of the things i've been reading um is a manga called tepu um and i found this out through another youtuber that i watch occasionally but he covers some pretty obscure manga out there um so, this manga is written by someone named Uta Morai, I think it's, or Morai, Morai is how you pronounce his name. Very difficult Japanese name to pronounce. It's only like four syllables. Um, so, this mangaka wrote this manga back in 2016. That's how old this manga is. Oh, wow. Um, but it's interesting because it's based entirely around the world of MMA mixed martial arts um specifically women's mixed martial arts okay <laughs> um and so uh 
this manga follows a character. Her name is Ishido Natsuo. She is an extremely tall girl for her age. I think she's 16 in this manga. But she's also very talented in pretty much anything athletic. And this is because she kind of has a photographic memory. If she sees someone do something, she immediately knows how to do that thing. <laughs> um, this, in her life, though, hasn't really brought her a lot of joy or pleasure from it. Instead, it kind of causes her to be disdainful of other people and look down on them. Hmm. Um the one thing she really wants is something that she can kind of call her own, something that she had to gradually get better at as she practiced it more and more. Um, and this changes when another character called Maratari shows up. Maratari is a Japanese girl who lived in Brazil and trained there with sort of like a legendary fighter in Brazil. Um, and she shows up and she's... She's, like, honest to a fault. Mm -hmm. So it's like when she's in fights and stuff, she doesn't get flustered or angry at people or anything like that. She's just a really good fighter through her own hard work. And that's why Ishido begins to sort of just pick her out as a rival. <laughs> um, the unfortunate thing about this manga, though, is its very last chapter was released also in 2016. Um, I'm sorry, this started in 2015. No. Wait, when did this start? Oh, it did start in 2016. Oh, these were all uploaded at the same time. Never mind, I'm looking oh. at the wrong thing. Um, well, regardless, this manga had a rather abrupt... Not even really an ending to it, just an abrupt shut-off on it. And that's because during the manga's production, the author unfortunately suffered from some health issues and decided to no longer illustrate and write this manga. Um, nobody knew if it was ever coming back, and since it's been so long, nobody thinks it's really ever coming back at this point. Yeah. That's um, but the art in this manga is phenomenal in a way that, even if you're someone who doesn't watch MMA or doesn't know how to fight, period, there are certain panels in this manga that can teach you certain fighting techniques. <laughs> um, and that is because of the way that this author uses action lines. Normally when we see action lines, they're kind of omnidirectional, meaning that everything on the panel is kind of moving in one direction all the time. Mm -hmm. And this one, he'll put action lines, which are sort of like little swirls around specific limbs of characters and panels. So you get an idea of how they're moving into certain positions, mm. how they're throwing a punch or going for a grapple or going into a new guard position while on the ground. Um so you get these little beats. You do get panels where things are just flat out explained to you when they're fighting, um, you know, what these techniques are. But through this, you get to sort of watch the journey of a character who is really not someone you root for. She's kind of a sadist um, and okay. enjoys beating people a little too much. Um, but uh, that is also because she, she herself does have a pretty dark backstory. She's got an abusive older brother. Um, you know, she's got a lot of stuff going on in her own world, but it's a great, it's great from a character perspective. It's great if you're into MMA at all. Um, it's great if you just like seeing really tall ladies beat each other up. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I recommend, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm almost finished the manga at this point, at least what's out of it. Like yeah. volume seven, chapter 33, last thing available. Um, but it's pretty niche, it's pretty down there, but it's available in Mangaka a lot if you want to go read it. So it's not going to take you too much time. I would say at least, you know, give it a shot, see if it's in your wheelhouse. If not, then 
you know, there's other shit to read. There's <laughs> a lot of shit to read. And when I say shit, I mean shit. Um, as again, somebody that primarily reads Isekai. Uh, speaking of one specific Isekai, though, uh, if I can find the actual name of it, because who, man, am I bad at keeping track of shit I read? Um, basically, there is a. They recently announced a new uh, Isekai adaptation. Let's see if I can find it really quickly. New Isekai adaptation? Oh, every new every new Isekai anime announced for 2023 so far. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's in this somewhere. It's not that one. It's not that one. It's not that one. It's Oh, <laughs> it's this one. Uh, Reincarnation of the Strongest Exorcist in Another World. Um, the name sounded familiar to me, uh, and it's because, not because I actually read it, yes, there's one that actually got adapted before I actually read it, um, but it had been on my, uh, to-read list, um, so mm -hmm. I ended up the other day, uh, just go ahead and, go, going ahead and read the entire thing so far, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it's not that hard to do. There's only, let's see, how many chapters are they at right now? Uh, according to this, there are five, six volumes of the manga out right now. So, mm. they've got six episodes of the anime out already. I mean, hey, come on, why not? Check it out. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's you know, your normal, well, I guess this is slightly different than most of the isekai we read maybe, mm -hmm. or watch. Um, it's one of the ones where the person was already super powerful in his original life and he reincarnates into another world, not into the same world, because I think you watched the one that he reincarnated into the same world. Um, yeah. But this one he reincarnates into another world that has a different magic system, but he can still use his magic from his world. It's weird. It's, you know, anime. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's cute. It's it's not bad. Um, we've talked about it before. Every there's so many of these goddamn Isekai series that have, um, in some way, slavery represented. Uh, and this is another one where it's like has some of those moments where you're like, you didn't, you could have just not, you could have just not. Um, yeah. But you know, beyond that, it's pretty wholesome, pretty cute, just slightly murdery. Um, <laughs> uh, nothing, and I've, I've talked about it already, there's nothing that, in my opinion, Isekai-wise, beats out, uh, campfire cooking in another world, um, mm -hmm. for, like, the perfect comfort anime right now. Um, there's only, like, five or six episodes out of that at this moment, and I can't wait for more. I just watched, I actually just watched the most recent episode right before we, uh, hopped onto here. Um, mm -hmm. That one I said well, again, high one thousand percent recommend for anybody that would just wants a chill, chill series to watch. Um, yeah, I plan on watching it. Just be prepared to to uh, get hungry. I'm also going to bookmark this list of Isekai anime just so I can make sure that I <laughs> make my way through everything. Uh, <laughs> I have started some of these, which is the funny bit. Actually, I've started. I've either read or started watching some of the most of these 
like saving eight thousand gold in another world for my retirement. She like mm-hmm. finds out that she can transport herself between her world and the other world, but like use our world things to sell, make money, bring over and convert it. It's you know weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, that's all I'm I don't know, that's all I'm watching. All I'm reading, all I'm really paying attention to. Um made my way through an entire series just because I heard they're adapting it. So mm-hmm. Uh, anything, anything else that you've been watching? No, well, you've been. What's the, you, the game? Yeah, talk about the game. Yeah. So the game that I might stream. Um, it's a game called Signalis. Uh, this game has been available on Game Pass for a while. Um, the cover art that was shown on Game Pass always looked interesting to me, but I always kind of passed it up. Um. As much as I enjoy indie games in their space, there's not all too many indie games that really grab me and sort of make me want to play through them. Mm-hmm. Um, this game kind of almost did that immediately because there's no story given to you up front. There's no background about your character or the world you're in just that's thrown at you. Um, everything you learn about this game and its story is through context. And so... When I say that this is survival horror, sort of in the vein of Resident Evil 2, I really do mean that. Uh, the way that your character controls, the way that you find items and use them, uh, the enemies you fight in it, it's all very RE2. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, for example, it took me a while before I found the first pistol that the game gives you. Um, when I found this pistol, and this really just shows how perfectly this game is set up, I find the pistol and I backtrack into a hallway that I'd been in before because I had to go back there to get to the next area. And I remember seeing a dead body in that hallway. The um, body was gone. Well, no, that body revived. It mm. screamed and started chasing me down and trying to attack me. And so, you know, you aim your pistol with one of the triggers, you fire with another one of the triggers, but it's not like you can aim this at specific parts of the body or get headshots or anything like that. Yeah. Um,. I believe the longer you hold down the aim button, the more accurate your shots are. You get a little box that surrounds the enemy, and it kind of shrinks over time. Um, but you shoot the enemy, and the thing is, is they just fall down when you shoot them. Uh, the way to truly kill them is to run up to them and kind of hit them with a melee weapon or even stomp them. Ooh. Um, you can keep shooting them, but it's basically a waste of ammo to shoot enemies while they're on the ground. Yeah. Um, this game is not liberal with its ammo at all. So what you find is kind of what you've got and you got to make that last. Um, that being said, you can run away from enemies if necessary. So you kind of have to choose your fights in this game, depending on situations. Mm-hmm. Um, the inventory screen is very limited. You actually see a poster about this earlier on. And so I like diegetic game designs where something about the world influences the way you have to play that game. Um, and so you find a poster and it says, don't forget the rule of six. And this is because sort of the world and society live in. This is like far future cyberpunk dystopian kind of deal. Um, They, the sort of country that you are, I'll say, working for, you're actually kind of a cyborg that's built to work for the company um, or this country, uh, shuns private property. So you can only carry six items on your person at a given time. And that translates into the inventory in the game. You only have six inventory slots. So there's a lot of picking and choosing what you're going to carry. 
Um, this game in certain save rooms does have a storage box, of course. And I should talk about the save screen because the first time I got to the save screen, I thought I died. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say, so, just from the trailer that I, I don't know if you saw, I pulled that up. Um, mm-hmm. But just from the trailer alone, it, it really does look like a, a, um, a old school Resident Evil or uh, mm-hmm. is it Dino Crisis? What's the one? I think Dino, Dino Crisis is yeah. one of them. Um, so I'd like everything you're saying, I can just envision, envision how how much you personally would like this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Because I, I would say I've never, I was never a big fan of those kind of games mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, I could see myself playing the more updated versions, uh, mm-hmm. but I, even then, I'm like, ooh, I don't know, slow moving. <laughs> I like a little bit more fast paced. Um, not enough platforming. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the. Uh... Well, when I hit the save room, right, the very first save room in the game didn't have a storage box in it because you're so early into the game, but there's a monitor in the corner on a table, and it's just got a flat red screen. It's like beaming light out into the room. So almost the entire room is tinted red. Yeah. And if you've ever played a survival horror game, you kind of know one of the core elements to surviving. Interact with everything. Touch all the stuff. Touch all the <laughs> things. You, you never know what's going to be useful so you want to you want to make sure that you go through it all. Well, I go up to this monitor and I hit the A button to interact with it, and I hear a screen scream, and the entire screen goes red. And I thought, this is a death screen, like it's got to be right. And it brings me into the fucking save menu. I'm like, really? There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, that just it seems like there was a lot of thought behind the way this game was developed. Um, it is that pure survival horror experience where you are, you're just a normal being in this universe. You're not a superpowered entity who can take on everything else around you. Um, it is survival horror. It is about surviving the horror that is happening rather than, let me just run into a room and shoot a bunch of zombies. <laughs> um, you know, both types of those games are fun, don't get me wrong, but... If you're into survival horror, especially older school titles or titles with that old school feel, if you're into cyberpunk aesthetics, which this game has plenty of in it, mm-hmm. and I don't mean cyberpunk as in like neon city lights, I mean cyberpunk as in the gritty, dark side of cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, I would say it's definitely worth checking out. It's it's on Game Pass, so free with Game Pass for now. Um, I think it's been on Game Pass for a really long time, too. Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing it on there earlier on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, hey, Nate, I don't know if you've got anything else you've been watching, playing. Uh, we got a little bit of news that we can go through before we get to the the big topic of tonight. Um, Big, big news. That's what I got to do. I got to write big no, that's what I was gonna do. Big news, big, big. No, you got right like this. Oh, oh, with the ease, yeah, yeah. Big, big, yo, big Yoshi, um, <laughs> big Yoshi, big news. Uh, uh, well, first, I guess you know. I know we're gonna use yours to go into the other thing, um, because that's just how my brain is working. Uh, first, I'm gonna go with the second article. Haha, <laughs> throwing you really fucking off. Um, <laughs> We got uh, a teaser for a new series, um, which is being co-created from by uh, my mind's blanking. 
co-created by Janine Nabirs, I believe is how you say her name, not 100% sure, uh, who has uh, written an episode of Atlanta as well as uh, was supervising producer on a couple episodes of Watchmen from HBO. Um, she's co-creating this show with Donald Glover, um, mm. which is a surprise to me because the only thing I knew Donald Glover was working on was um, a Mr. and Mrs. Smith series for uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so this ca- caught me off guard completely. Um, but it looks very much like a uh, kind of horror-y show um, based around like fan obsession and things like that. Um, hopefully we're going to get more. It says something about March 17th, but I've read where it's March 17th is premiering at South by Southwest. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if we're actually getting just a full trailer or if it actually starts up that day. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it even it has a little bit of a thing. It says, Swarm follows Dre, a young woman whose who's obsession with a pop star takes a dark turn. Um, I, you know, fucking weird shit, man. Donald Glover's, Donald Glover is good at weird shit. If you watch any of Atlanta, if you watch any, a good portion of his fucking, uh, music videos, um, he definitely lends himself to the weirder mm-hmm. side of creation, uh. He's just he's a multifaceted and multi-talented person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say we. I feel like everybody, uh, at least three out of four of the main um, space time taco people are Donald Glover fans. Um, mm-hmm. I only say it that way because I don't know how Leslie feels about uh, <laughs> him. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever really talked about it. Um, I know Dave does, but that's just because Dave lived with me, so we both kind of found Donald Glover at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see more from that. Like I said, that was just a teaser we've got so far. Um, so more to come with that. Uh, speaking of teasers and just marketing in general, uh, today being, you know, superb Al, um, I don't want to say it just in case, I don't want to say too much because I feel like they'll charge us if we say <laughs> too much. Um, <laughs> no, I just want to shout out A Plus Marketing for the new fucking Super Mario Bros. movie because they put out a new trailer that um, basically I think it's a new take, a new version of the Mario rap. Um, mm-hmm. f- wonderful little Easter eggs throughout the whole thing. It's adorable. They're they're actually leaning into the fact that these two are real plumbers. It's not just some like, oh yeah, he's a plumber. Oh, he never does any plumbing in the entire series. Um, <laughs> we get, not only do we get the, the adorable commercial, um, we get the van with their the actual Mario pictures from like mm-hmm. regular Mario promotion. It has the old school hand, or the old school uh, font for the name Super Mario Bros. Um, <laughs> at the end, we get a phone number a working phone number, um, as well as a working website for SMB plumbers. Um, <laughs> the the phone number you can call it, and you will get a voicemail from uh, Luigi, uh, voiced by Ch- fucking Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Why did my, my I almost said Charlie? I almost said Charlie Cox. I'm like mm, different guy. Uh, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I would love if John Leguizamo had just a cameo in this movie. Um, <laughs> But no, uh, 
Charlie Day's Luigi answers him phone, basically being like, hey, we'll come to your house, come to your apartment, come to your mansion, questionably. And I'm like, haha, Luigi Mansion joke. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think my favorite part of the voicemail is he says, uh, at Super Mario Brothers Plumbing, we don't say, let's await, we say, let's a go. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's in the trailer. It's also on the website. Uh, the Like I was saying, you can text the numbers, or I was going to say you can text the number too, and it tells you, um, it, it links to a campaign for it, obviously, but the initial response is, thanks for your interest in Super Mario Bros. Plumbing. We're a family-owned and operated business providing white glove plumbing services to Brooklyn and Queens. <laughs> uh, I haven't actually clicked on it. Let's see where it actually takes me. Oh, Weird. It actually asks for your phone number and everything, or your information and everything, which I am filling out right now, because... I don't know about all that. I don't want that, but I do want that. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> we'll find out what happens. Great, we're excited to have you as a customer. Be sure to save ours to make sure communication doesn't get sluck, stuck in a slow drain. Alright. Oh my god, it actually has... You can save Super Mario Bros. Plumbing as a contact. No, oh, jeez. Why did this just turn off on me? What happened? Oh. Uh, I love looking. it when we're filming things live and nothing fucking works. Okie dokie, if you're experiencing a plumbing emergency, text on the double and we'll go... Oh, Nate. We're going to have to find out what this does. <laughs> on the double. We're doing this live. Jesus. Thanks for the text. We're a little backed up at the moment, trying to one-up our competition. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Please keep our business card handy. Ooh, I got a business card. No, look at you. I got a little, little Mario business card. Wahoo. Oh, uh, <laughs> motherfuckers on it. That's fucking adorable. Um, my dad, being a plumber, I immediately sent him this trailer because he loved he loved Mario. He's the reason why I played Mario as a kid. Um, mm -hmm. and he was very he he was very entertained by this commercial. Um. But the last bit of the marketing, again, everything connects, it's great, uh, is the actual full-on website um, that they put together. Uh, let me just doop, 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 doop. You can see, mm. you can see a little bit. Got another thing. Yeah, you got an About Us, testimonial, Testimonials, Careers. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it when it hit the sounds and everything, um, but the full trailer... It's just the oh, whole... the Mario Brothers and Plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. I'm not going to play the whole thing because not a good <laughs> idea. Um, but it's adorable. It's got little secrets and stuff. You click on certain things and it makes noises. Um, I don't know. Are you hearing that when I click on it or no? No. No? Okay. It's okay. It's it's on the live stream. You can listen to it later on YouTube.com <laughs> slash at Um uh, SMB plumbing. My favorite of all the things, because all of them have different things. Uh, the apply now takes you to a screen that's coming soon. I'm like, ooh, I wonder if they're actually going to do something with that. That's interesting. Um, the testimonials, you got bro's mom, 
Yeah, it's Spike is cool, who's their old boss, who's being like, fuck those guys. Uh, mm -hmm. Brooklyn, oh, I didn't read the Brooklyn couple. Two star, SMBP left my house, an absolute mess. I would have given them only one star, but my sweet angel of a dog absolutely loved them. He just wouldn't leave them alone. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's cute. Uh, I love there's like a broken image file on the page, and when you click on that, it takes you to an arrow 404. <laughs> with with pipes and when you click on the pipes it makes very loud pipe noises um yeah. like mario pipe noises uh but of everything everything on this entire thing including the secret in the gutter sorry in the thing which is a new poster yeah. ooh pretty new poster um my favorite of all the things is when you click the now serving queen or brooklyn and queens in the Collis texas thing It's fucking GameCube. It's mm -hmm. a GameCube ringtone, which I went in to the files of the website and downloaded it so I can use it as my new ringtone. <laughs> That's why I mentioned the ringtone earlier today, or earlier before stream, or right mm -hmm. on the beginning of stream. I'm like, I have to, I have to have that. Um, yeah, I love this. I love everything about it. Uh, this is like my favorite kind of promotional work that they've done for anything. So, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's neat. I yeah. like that they made a joke with the testimonials, especially. Yeah. Um, and Spike is supposed to be in the game, or in the game, in the movie for at, at least a little bit at one point. Um, so that'll be fun to see. I guess they leave that job. Um, I didn't actually read any of these, but I'm sure they're little cute things, well, too. I also noticed that the mouse pointer on the website is diegetic as well. It's what? It's diegetic, meaning that it blends in with everything else. The mouse pointer is Mario's hand. Oh, it's not for me. No. Is it broken? Do you have I'm a custom mouse broken. pointer installed through Windows? No. No. Well, yes, like I got a little Mario finger. I don't, I don't have diegetic. <laughs> I, I don't even know the meaning of the word. Um, <laughs> he really doesn't. Uh yeah, I thought that was cute. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for this game. I know a lot of people that I've talked to are like very standoffish or just not in any way interested. Um, mm -hmm. So fuck you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm interested, but it's an apprehensive interest in this movie. <laughs> Why is that? What what is re what is the apprehension from? Well, it's just. We talked about this a bit when I was talking with Leslie when we hit whatever topic on adaptations of things. Mm -hmm. um, we just know, you know, video game adaptations don't always turn out the best yeah. um, movies. Beyond yeah, I know. That, they, they can't all be Last of Us or Angry Birds, I know. Um, beyond that, I mean, Chris Pratt's name is still attached to this movie, and forgetting everything we know about Chris Pratt as a person, it's just... The voice it's, work it's that we have gotten from him in the trailers is not good. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that's that's one thing I do want to mention about, uh, and I, it kind of clicked with me after listening to the the voicemail of Luigi, because he's not doing like an Italian voice. He's doing a, a he, Charlie Day already speaks with a voice that sounds like he's from like mm -hmm. New York, um, so it kind of works, and I'm like, oh, if they're setting them as people from New York, as brothers from New York, it works that way. The problem is, Chris Pratt still just has Chris Pratt voice. He doesn't have <laughs> New York voice. He doesn't even have, where's Chris Pratt actually from? 
Chris Pratt. Let's see. Chris Pratt is from... Confusingly, Virginia. But not Virginia, Virginia. Virginia, Minnesota. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a city in Minnesota called Virginia. Uh, I almost was like, oh, he's from Virginia. Wait, no, Virginia, Minnesota. Not actually from Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ever want to name a place after Virginia? Um, <laughs> Who knows? But yeah. So yeah, we got Mario. We got more Mario. I don't know if there's another trailer that's going to happen during the Super Bowl. Um, I know they're already dropping trailer. Is it? Yeah, um, I know things are already coming out commercial-wise and trailer-wise. Um, so who knows if that's the only thing they're going to play. If it is, I'm okay with that. I'm just ready for this movie. I'm excited for it to be my birthday. My birthday movie. We're going to go. We're going to celebrate. Mario style. I don't know. I'm going to wear... I'm going to dress up as Luigi. Fuck it. <laughs> Make a note. I'm dressing up as Luigi for the Mario Brothers movie. You have fun with that. <laughs> You're not gonna come. You what do you? You can dress up as a, uh, as Mario or a, uh, Toad. Just, you want to be Toad? Yoshi. I don't want to be Toad. You don't want to be Toad. <laughs> no, dress up as Big Yoshi. Big Yoshi. <laughs> well, Nate, what are you? What are you talking about here? You you look like you got one of those uh, uh, angry people, angry newses. Um, it kind of is people angry news because it mimics a bit what happened with Wizards of the Coast and D&D. Um, so Games Workshop announced that they are going to be increasing their prices for pretty much every model kit that they sell. <laughs> Which, um, just for anybody that doesn't know, um, that shit's not cheap to begin with. Yeah, it's really not. Um what they had announced, though, is that it's going to be a 6% average price increase. Um, and this is supposed to start from the 6th of March. Um, the thing about that 6% is that 6% was supplied to their prices in the UK. Because they are a UK-based company. <laughs> oh. The problem is, is someone did some rather deep analysis of this. This is on a website called Spiky Bits, which is sort of a... <laughs> It's like a Warhammer news and tips and stuff. It's like Otaku for miniature nerds. Um, but, uh, for example, I mean, someone did a did an in-depth analysis of this and literally laid out on a spreadsheet what the price changes actually are going to be and how much percentage-wise they're changing. So, on average, we're talking about, realistically, an 18% price increase across the board. God damn. Um, so that's just average, but if we get into like individual kits or even individual models, we're talking price increases of over 25% in some cases. <laughs> um, the Games Workshop announce read, announcement had read like this. They said the average change for plastic kits is about 6%. An example of which you can expect, the Battle Sister Squad goes up from... There's up a dollar fifty pounds from thirty six to thirty seven fifty. We understand no one likes a price rise. We've done our best to keep prices down on some of our hobby essentials, and we're giving you a heads up now so that you have plenty of time to take advantage of current prices. And then they wrote, "What is changing is plastic miniatures, Forge World, and Citadel resin miniatures." So, for those of you who don't know, Citadel is what makes like the smaller Warhammer forty k stuff. Forge yeah. World makes the really big, even insane, sometimes more insanely expensive stuff. 
Um, there are miniatures that are over a thousand dollars in price. <laughs> um, but uh, standard and artificer citadel brushes and spray paints. And they said what is not changing is starter sets, paint sets, paint pots, citadel tools, codexes, rule books, and battle tomes, and synthetic STC brushes, which is just their synthetic brand of paint brushes. Um, that being said, if I'm just picking something random out of list here, I mean, the reason why this hits so hard in the community is because you have to think that if you're going to actually play the game of 40k, you need to build an army to do that with. Yeah. And combat patrols, those box sets were kind of a way of sort of like your first step into doing that serious army building because it gave you everything you needed to basically play a game in a combat patrol box. Um, that being said, if you want to expand that box anyway, if you want new minis to paint, if you just want to build an army from the ground up because you've played 40k for so long that you're used to doing that, um, the standard box set of units can cost you a ridiculous amount now. Not that they didn't before, but even more so now. Um, one of the more popular box box sets, if you play Chaos Marines and Thousand Suns, uh, that box set is called Court of the Crimson King. Comes with the one thing that you want in a Thousand Suns army, which is their Demon Primarch Magnus the Red. So that box start that box set was already two hundred and ten dollars to begin with, but it comes with a really detailed, really big model in it. So a lot of people thought, okay, that's kind of worth it. I'm getting getting my value out of that box in some mm. way. Uh, that's going to jump up fifty dollars to two hundred and sixty dollars. That's a price increase of twenty three point eight percent. God, that's <laughs> not fun. <laughs> yeah. So. They're doing this, and the thing is, even the things they said that were not changing, people looked at the prices and the new projected prices for those and found out that those things were changing too, that those are also going up in price. So almost everything you could buy from a Games Workshop or a Games Workshop licensed dealer that has a Citadel or Games Workshop branding, branding on it is just simply going to cost you more now. And this has already been a problem in the mini community for a long time, especially with Games Workshop. Because Games Workshop doesn't just make 40k, they make stuff like the Lord of the Rings minigame. So, do like they make? They they don't they don't produce the uh, the Star Wars stuff, do they? I don't believe they do Star Wars now. Okay, um, but they do they do Lord of the Rings. They do Necromunda, which is their other sort of 40k universe game. It's more like gangs and stuff. I said gang because I'm saying two different words. It's their other 40k based game that's more like based on gangs and some more role playing stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean a lot of people reasonably took, reasonably took issue with this mm -hmm. um, because it's just this is already an expensive hobby to get into and now it's yeah. just not getting, getting any less expensive. And long before this, I mean, people were already 3D printing minis. They were finding proxies from other companies online to use in the game, um, which is something I've started exploring because I do like painting more than I like playing, and proxies can be fun to paint too. Yeah. Um, even sometimes more so because some of these companies put an insane amount of work into making their proxy models. Um, but a lot of people moved on to 3D printing and downloading STL files, which there are plenty of for 40K proxies out there. Um and so a lot of people started wondering, well, how could we hit back? How could we, like, reverse this decision like people did with Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons & Dragons? Um, so the action that people are in the community are trying to take against them now kind of mirrors that. So Warhammer has a subscription service called Warhammer Plus. And Warhammer Plus was really just their platform to get out a lot of their animated and extended universe content, basically. Um, one of their shows on there that they kept pitching for years and years was Hammer and Balter. Hammer and Balter is 
trash um, as a show. Um, <laughs> it is one of the most poorly animated things you will ever watch in your life. Okay. Uh, but people were excited for it because it was more 40K stuff. A lot of people expected Astartes, which was the fan-made 40K thing that took off years ago, um, to eventually show up on Warhammer Plus. It never did in that Nobody knows if they even a pro set creator to sign a deal with them. Um, they did tell a lot of other 40k fan creators though to stop making content. Wow. Um, and so that Warhammer Plus was kind of doomed from the start. But what Warhammer Plus does for Games Workshop is it's become a large part of their revenue stream. Um, it cost them uh, in August 2021 when they launched it. Uh, I believe it cost them around $2.4 million um, to launch this platform. Um, they've made $3 million since that time, I think. And they've only got 115,000 subscribers. So you got to think that this is like a big media platform launched by a huge company. And they have less subscribers than some YouTube channels do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of people are just saying, hey, ditch your subscription. This is a big part of their revenue stream and this is how we really hurt them mm -hmm. um the other way you can do it is of course like i said by finding proxies even commissioning someone you know who if you don't want to 3d print commission someone you know who has a 3d printer send them some sdl files and ask them if they'll print out some stuff for you on their spare time for a little bit of cash here and there um but there's a lot of stuff out there and you can build whole armies out of this stuff if you just take the time to look and are willing to spend some money I'll mm -hmm. admit to you that it's not like super cheap when you're buying proxies, but it is cheaper than buying directly from Games Workshop at this point. Yeah. I mean, if I were going to put it this way, like my army, the Dark Angels, they have a special wing of them called the Death Wing. They're all in these big armored suits called Terminator suits. <laughs> um, a box of them from GW is like ridiculous expensive. It's about 100 bo bucks for a box set of them. If I go to this website called Wargame Exclusive, which makes proxies for 40k specifically, um, they have Imperial Wing of Death Angel Terminator Commander. He is 14 bucks, <laughs> And he's just as detailed as anything you would get from Games Workshop. You're not losing anything out of, out of buying a proxy in this case. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty more places to check out if you just want bits and pieces for conversion. Puppetswar.eu is a great one. Uh, that I use a lot. Um, you've got things like War Games Atlantic, which makes great stuff if you're playing Imperial Guard. Uh, Deadly Print Studio is probably one of the most well-known because they make they don't really make proxies for 40k, but they make great effects pieces for them. Hmm. So if you want like a muzzle flash for a gun or a missile that actually is coming out of a missile launcher, um, they have stuff like that. So a lot of a lot of neat stuff out there to buy and. Really, I mean, it sucks that GW is going this way. Yeah. And all I can do is is hope that they make a better decision in this case. Um, I don't believe, I, it would be very hard for me to believe that this is a company hurting for revenue. 40K is still the biggest single miniatures war game out there. Mm -hmm. um, and more and more people are getting into it every year. So I, I just I just do not know where this decision came from other than sort of like what the Wizards of the Coast decision was is we're just upset that we're not making X amount of money on a property we believe is super popular. Yeah. All right. Well, it does. I know, because that's one of those 
there were multiple reasons why I never got into Warhammer. Um, a big part of it was the, the pricing in general. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that that's even going up, I'm like, that is, like, the, the part one, or part two, I guess. You have to actually want to play and or be interested in playing it. Um, but, like, the moment you're like, okay, this looks cool. How much? Oh, no. No. Mm. Um, I'd rather spend all my money on booster packs for magic cards. Um, or, <laughs> uh, well, that's the problem is this game, unfortunately kind of has a price wall built into it. And now yeah. they're making that price wall that much higher. Yeah. Um, and it sucks cause there, there are people like me who do want to get more people into this hobby. Cause I think it's a great one, but that's difficult to do when you tell someone, Hey, go buy that $50 box of plastic toys Yeah, that isn't even put together and you have to paint. <laughs> yep. And you have to buy the paint separately, which is, you know, not cheap either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Uh, well, price increases are happening for for some reasons. Some have reasons, some don't. A lot of it is people just wanting money. I don't even want to get started on eggs. Don't get me started on eggs. Um, eggs are ridiculous. Eggs are ri- gladly. Yes, you know how much <laughs> eggs are now, Nate. Um, I know how much eggs are, but you know, ridiculous. Based uh, on our words, yeah, but no. So, and it, it, it wraps into the next to the big story, the big Yoshi story. We're in the big Yoshi story area, Nate. Big Yoshi story. Oh, you know what? Oddly enough, I'm not going to do this in order now because of what <laughs> I just said. I'm not going to do this in order. Um, okay. <laughs> we got the Nintendo Direct. We got our first big Nintendo Direct in years. Uh, I think it's been like two years since it's been one like this. Like, this is full-on first party. This is what we're getting for the... We're focusing mostly on the first half of the year and beyond. Um, so we finally got it. I was going to go in order, but because we said Big Yoshi, Big Big Yoshi, we're starting with the last, or way four, of uh, the Mario Kart Deluxe 8 booster pack. We get a Yoshi story, or Yoshi's Island, Yoshi story, one of the two, I don't remember. Yoshi's Island, yeah, Yoshi's Island uh, level. Um, fucking looks adorable. Uh, <laughs> along along with that news, they also dropped the fact that uh, we're getting Birdo as a playable character. Um, turns out, mm-hmm. Birdo hasn't been a playable character in a Mario Kart game since fucking Mario Kart Double Dash. I don't know how the hell, how the hell I just found that out today or uh, the other day, but it's true. Um, I love that they... People have been talking about the fact that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is basically the closest to a live service game that Nintendo has ever made because it is the only game that they've really made that they're constantly like, here's more content, here's more content. We're not we're not done. We've got more for you. Um, like, it, between that and Smash Brothers, that's like the only thing that had continuous content leak or uh, drips. Um, mm-hmm. So, hey, we got that. That was like about maybe midway point um, in the actual uh, direct. Uh, But we did start off, the direct kicked off with our first actual look at uh, Pikmin 4. Um, I don't know if you are a Pikmin fan. Pikmin? Pikmin. Pikmin fan. Um, After playing Tinykins, I want more. Want more (laughs) games like that. Uh, I remember playing Pikmin as a kid and not really getting into it. but I think mm-hmm. now I'm I'm a different person, Nate. 
Uh, <laughs> I've changed. I want to play the adorable little things game. Um, I think that's what it was. I wasn't into super cute, adorable things when I was a kid. I guess not. Um, now I'm like, hold up. Are you telling me that they have like little dudes that when they die, they have little cute ghosts that float away? And also they're introducing a cute ass little dog thing. Look at this cute ass little dog thing. That's not the cute. That's that's a cute ass little dog thing. What is this little <laughs> motherfucker? I don't know what his name is. Dog boy. That's what I'm calling him. Um, I actually don't know if they gave him a name, but you got a dog. They put a dog in the game. Everybody loves dogs. Um, oh, I didn't actually pay attention. I did see this. Never mind. I've watched all this before. I don't know why I'm captivated by it again. Um, no, Pikmin Four. Great way to open it up. I think. Uh, really cute game really interesting that they I did not realize Pikmin was as popular as it is um, mm -hmm. as somebody that again didn't really get into it as a kid um, but we're just going to run through everything that didn't matter too too much um, we got a new Samba de Amigo game uh, called Party Central uh, sadly mm -hmm. they did not announce that it comes with um, Maraca peripherals uh, here's fin <laughs> fingers crossed they could still announce it um we got the uh, new gameplay and uh, a little bit... I think they gave an actual release date for Disney Illusion Island, which, after seeing more gameplay, the the motion of just getting around everywhere in the platforms and everything reminds me of Speedrunners. Do you remember that game? Multiplayer game Speedrunners? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just the, the, the uh, fluidity of them getting around the stages just made me think about, like, you got the grappling hook, you got all these different things. Um, very, very uh, speedrunners feel to it. Not the same developer. I actually looked into it. Because of how closely it looked to it, I'm like, are they the same people? Um, <laughs> we got an announcement of Splatoon 3's expansion pass, which is really fucking weird because it seems like you have to pay for an expansion pass that is just a second hub world. Um <laughs> I don't know if there's something else to it. I don't know if there's more levels to it. That was kind of like all we really got. Uh, that confused the fuck out of me. Um, we got a new, new date for the Advance Wars 1 and 2 collection. Uh, it is now actually coming out April 21st. Uh, that, uh, of course, if you remember, was pushed back and delayed uh, because of fucking Russia. Um, fuck Russia. <laughs> right in the ass. Um, publicly, you know, fuck Russia. Um, we did get a little bit more of uh, Bayonetta Origins, the Cereza and the Lost Demon, which still looks adorable. Um, I like that they talk about the fact that you are not going to, as Cereza, not hurt anybody. You can't actually attack. All you can do is hinder the enemies. Um, so yeah. basically you slow them because she's like Time Witch, right? Isn't that how that whole thing works? She's got time magic. She's got some time magic, yes. Yeah. I think it's weird for me to go into a Bayonetta-themed title <laughs> where, I mean, Bayonetta 1, you play like this this confident woman who was such a badass, and then now we're playing this little girl who can't even attack enemies <laughs> yeah man again i like i was talking about pikmin i was a kid and now i'm an adult i'm a different person she's a different person that's she it. it's it's a transition the thing is, is she is a different person by bayonetta 3 even um 
it's wild to say this, but Bayonetta does have a pretty good character story. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I get it. It's they they want to take they want to do something new for Bayonetta. Get people who maybe haven't even played the other games into it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Uh. Along with that, we also got uh another look at Octopath Traveler Two. They put out a demo. Um. Just like the last one, you can play, I think it's about an hour or so of content that Mm -hmm. you will then be able to take that save data and move it, import it directly into the, uh, the next game, um, or into the actual full game. Uh, we also got Fire Emblem Engage Expansion Pass, which one, I forgot that that game came out already. I thought that was still upcoming, um... (laughs) It's just more characters. Uh, same thing with Xenoblade 3. These are all games that people fucking love. And I like after looking at Xenoblade, I'm kind of like, maybe I should try that game. Because um, it seems kind of maybe up my alley. Um, then I can have that shirt that I wear that has one of the characters that I can't remember her name and I can actually care about it in some way. Um, but yeah, we got new new stuff for both of the expansion passes for them. Uh announcement trailer for the Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection, uh, which takes the entire game remastered. Um, they completely redid all the sprites for every character. It looks really cool. Um, it's definitely not a game that I would play. Uh, although mm-hmm. they do have um, like the... It's basically like a storyteller mode where you are going through it on the easiest difficulty. Um and it's just more for you to enjoy the actual story of the world, uh, which I think is a really cool idea, because those kind of games are not, again, not my thing normally. Um, along with that, we also got the announcement of... Uh, I just looked up how to pronounce this, and I already forgot. Baton Ketos? Baton Ketos? B-A-T-E-N-K-A-I-T-O-S. Um does that game not even sound familiar to you? I mean, I'm looking at it. It doesn't sound familiar. Oh, that's weird. I remember this game being a thing. I just never played it. Um, I mean, it's got one of those weird titles like... There's been this debate going on forever about whether it's Suikoden or Suikoden. Suikoden. I would never... <laughs> heard, I've never heard anybody call it anything but Suikoden. Um, yeah. That 1 and 2 HD remaster, people are super excited about that. Um, couple, <laughs> well, I was going to say, they did show off this weird baseball game that just looks fucking horrible. I don't know why they showed it off. Same thing with the Tron. Okay, uh, I'm split on this. I'm come back around to this one. Um, <laughs> getting through all the other stuff that I'm like, eh, on uh, Fashion Dreamers. Because we needed, we, we haven't had, the Nintendo Switch does not have that very niche fashion designer at home cooking home design kind of games um i'm not i'm actually being serious i'm not joking around those sell really fucking well on these handhelds um Mm -hmm. so the fact that we have the fashion dreamer game coming i'm like that's that's gonna fucking sell like hotcakes uh (laughs) yes i'm 80 years old that's why i just said that (laughs) um sell like hotcakes yeah you know what is a hotcake? It's a pancake. Is it pancake? Yeah. Why do pancakes have so many different names? I don't know. 
You got hotcakes. You got flapjacks. I found hotcakes molten chocolate cakery in Seattle. <laughs> I don't think that's the same thing. Um, <laughs> we also got the announcement of Deca Police, which is from, um, I believe, the same team that does. Oh, hold on. I just saw this. Deca Police. Deca Police is just a hobby for me. <laughs> <laughs> High five. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, it's from Level 5, the developers of the Layton series. Um, it looks interesting. Uh, it's a weird, like, detective game where you go into a virtual world and somebody hacks the virtual world where they turn your persona or your character, your avatar, into a weird little patchwork cat thing. Um, Why is the main character's eyebrow so thick, though? Because anime. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Tech and Police coming uh, from the creators of or developers of Professor Layton. Speaking of which, we got the official announcement of Professor Layton in the new world of Steam. Um, I'm actually really excited about that. I haven't played a Professor Layton game in forever. They are so good. Um, and I can play it on a big screen TV because I have old man eyes. And that used to be <laughs> only on handheld. I've had old, old, man, old hand eyes? Old man eyes for decades. Um, so I'm excited to get that on an actual big screen. I'm not playing showing the trailer for that just because it really was like a, look, it's Professor Layton. Um, last couple of things. We got, uh, look at this new game. Fantasy Life I, the girl who steals time. It looks cute. It's kind of like a not an isekai. It's mm-hmm. um got some weird time travel elements to it. It feels very Animal Crossing with more story to a certain extent. Yeah. Um I don't know if you're pulling up and looking at all these things as I'm talking about them. Oh yeah. Okay. Um looks cute. I, I might give it a shot, depending on how much it is. Um I'm really just going to say the names of these other two because I'm like, I have no interest in... Like, they look cool. No, Mm -hmm. I do like this one more than I think my mind wants to think it is. Um, The one that I'll kind of just go through real fast uh, from the same people that made, I believe, Persona? Or... Mm -hmm. It looks very Persona-y. Yeah, uh, Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Um, I know a lot of people are going to love this. Again, not something that I don't think either of us really are super into. Um... Visually, I love the art style of the like Shin Megami Tensei and in, in Persona games. The art style is incredible to me. Oh, yeah. just, gameplay just has never been something for me. Um, well, there's a reason the art style is so good. <laughs> why? The uh, the artist for the Shin Megami Tensei series is like, even before he worked on this, was a famous artist in Japan. <laughs> oh. Now... He also came up Devil Trigger Designs and DMC3, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, now I remember why this one I wanted to actually touch on a little bit more. Uh, Harmony the Fall of Reverie. This is one that I saw, they announced, and I immediately was like, oh, Nate's going to cry playing this. Um, <laughs> it is a new uh, new narrative game from Don't Nod. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, it looks beautiful. It is a 2D game. Um, so it's all 2D animation and everything. So that that just is just gonna start bottling my tears up and sending them to don't nod. Just yeah, why not? <laughs> um, so I, I I have a feeling you might end up look either playing this or maybe at least looking into it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. 
a lot of choices, just like everything else. Um, the last of the, the weird games that I kind of want to touch on a little bit, or not very much, I don't know. There's so many more. I forgot that there's, I forgot a whole row here. Um, Tron Identity. One, fucking Disney's still trying to make Tron a thing. But the mm-hmm. only the only thing about this game that I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. It is a Mike Bithell game. Um, Mike Bithell <laughs> is fantastic. Uh, great writing in everything he's ever put out. Um, so I, there's part of me that actually wants to at least check this out, maybe watch some Let's Plays or something. Um, Mike Bithell, it, weirdly, I have never actually played any games from Mike Bithell except for one. I've tried multiple. Um, and I, I, for somebody that's saying, oh, games are great, um, that's not how you spell Mike Bithell, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. Um, so, Mike Bithell has made, uh, Solitaire Conspiracy, John Wick Hex, Quarantine Circular, Subsurface Circular, and, uh, Volume. All of those... Is Volume the one that is slightly different? Yeah. Volume is the last one that kind of plays more like, uh, not standard game, but a less story-based game. Everything else he's made, uh, I guess Hex is a little bit more actual, um, like, weird strategy stuff. Uh, but the majority of the games have been um, very story-focused uh, and stuff like that. My introduction to him was Thomas Was Alone, which is still one of my all-time favorite platforming games. But Mm -hmm. the reason why that game is so good is not only is the platforming really fun, challenging, but it's also so well-written and the dialogue and the voiceover and everything is so good. Um, Because you know me, I don't pay attention to story 90% of the time. So the fact that these are things that I'm like, oh, this is, I've latched onto, this has stayed with me. Um... Because I, I will sometimes randomly just go back and replay that game. That's how much I enjoyed it. I think I had it on Xbox, and it was one of the few games I thousand-pointed on my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't finish games. I don't finish games, and I don't thousand-point games uh, very often. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited f- to see how that goes. Um, I think that's awesome. That's cool. More Mike Bithell. All, all, all the Bithell. All the time. Um Last quick three ones. Katamari reroll coming uh, with some weird DLC expansion stuff where you get to play as child king of the universe. Um, <laughs> it's weird, weird looking game. I love that game. Uh, it's mm. always interesting to see it play on a different controller scheme every single time. Um, luckily, <laughs> I think if I have it on... Wait, what is the... No, yeah. It's when it's the control sticks are opposite it's weird but maybe i can play it with the the uh what's this thing called stadia stadia <laughs> control because like you used to, to to do the weird speed up thing you have to go on the things yeah. and like when they're on opposite sides or what is that called they're i don't know oh you're blind your your brain's breaking too um yes. yeah it, it's just easier when they're right next to each other um, it's the one thing I give PlayStation still. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got another look or another trailer at Dead Cells Return Return to Castlevania, which still looks fucking awesome. Um, I they showed off the fact that you're going to be able to use the classic weapons from the Castlevania games as the main character. Um, 
it looks cool. I am so excited to get that and, and get back into Dead Cells. Uh, that is just mm-hmm. a, a game I think all of us, even though Nate, again, is not the biggest um, roguelike fan, usually. Uh, I think you even enjoyed playing that. Didn't you play that for a little yeah, bit, too? I, yeah, I played it for a little while, yes. Yeah. Um, and then the last one of the smaller announcements was uh, Sea of Stars, um, which I get a lot of Golden Sun vibes from. Um, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful-looking game. Um, Old-school, like, classic uh, RPG kind of stuff. Turn-based RPG-looking stuff. Um, so I'm actually really excited about that. I've actually been following that on Twitter, the developer on Twitter, and just seeing little things they've been putting out for different animations and stuff. It looks really good. I highly recommend checking that one out. Um, and then on to the, the biggest of the things, some or you know, the biggerest of the bigs. Um, first of all, we got a shadow drop, Nate. We got two. This is the second of the big three having a shadow drop. Uh, oh yeah, um, technically two shadow drops if you count the next thing I'm going to talk about or at the thing after. But Metroid Prime Remastered was announced. Not only was it announced, it was also released same day, so you can go and play Metroid Prime Remastered. Not re- not a remake. Technically, they say it's not a remake. If you look at this motherfucking thing in comparison to the the GameCube version, it looks like mm-hmm. they built rebuilt the whole fucking game. Um, yeah. It's. I believe Retro still remade it. They are the ones that made the game initially. Um, so I'm very excited to get my hands on that. Uh, I believe it's not a full price game. I think it's forty, either forty or fifty dollars. Um, so I'm very excited to check that out. Uh, on top of that, we also got. Oh, you know, I don't know why I I was talking about it and I didn't even show it off. I mean, look at it. It's pretty. Look at it pretty. Look at the prettiness. It's pretty. Look at her. She's so pretty and shiny. It's not for you, Nate. It's for the internet, Nate. Jeez. Uh, (laughs) um, We also got big announcement. Announcement? Come to the Switch online stuff. I don't know why that paused. Um, Game Boy Games, which includes Game Boy Games, Game Boy Color, Game Boy... uh, yeah, Game Boy and Game Boy Color. If you have Switch Online, you get to play um, a selection of titles, uh, starting off with some good ones. Link's Awakening, which you can play the, rem- the remake if you want, or you can play the original one, which I grew up with. You can play Tetris, a handful of other things. You got uh, Mario, Super Mario Land, and the six golden coins, I believe, is a full title, which, in my opinion, has some of the greatest Mario music ever. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, Mario Land 2, 6 Golden Coins. Um, I definitely 100% love that fucking game. Both of these games. I've played through both of those games. Um, but more importantly, to me, this is 100% per, like, personally to me, um, the fact that they also announced if you have the expansion pack, expansion pass, which is like slightly more for the online uh, content, um, you'll also get access to. Come on, get get to the thing. Game Boy Advance games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, for me, I freak the fuck out when they first show this off because the first game they show off is goddamn Minish Cap, my one of my favorite all-time Zelda games. Um, 
So I can yes. I can finally play Minish Cap again on a big screen. I don't have to play it on a little screen. You can play it on a big screen. Am I still probably going to emulate it when I stream it? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but still, I now have the option to play it legitimately. Um, as well as, because obviously they're showing off some of the titles that are, you're able to play now. Um, but they're also showing some stuff that is coming soon. And again, we've talked about it. What's one of my favorite games of all time, Nate, that I keep saying I want them to remake over and over again? I have no idea. My mind is completely blank at the moment. <laughs> it's okay. It's a little thing called Golden Sun, Nate. Golden Sun uh, is coming. I am so fucking excited. I already mentioned it earlier. That's why I was hoping you remembered it. Um, well, I tried to remember it. I really did. <laughs> because you it's a, when I was looking at this list earlier, I was like, oh, Golden Sun. Chris is probably going to want to talk about it. <laughs> Yes, I am very fucking excited. I have not gotten, I have not played that game in years, and that is, as somebody that does not like turn-based RPGs, the fact that I fucking absolutely love the Golden Sun series. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping we get the second one, and hopefully a port of the third, because the third was on 3DS, I believe. Um, I was hoping for like a, a remaster, rema or uh, yeah, like a remaster re-release of all three. Um, so hopefully maybe we'll get the third one separately because it isn't a Game Boy game. Um, hmm. Who knows? It'd be great. I would just love if they were like, hey, we're doing a brand, brand new one. All the way ground up, brand new game. All 3D, whatever. I don't know. Still make it look ridiculous and awesome. Um, one of the cutest things that I'm excited for. Yes, cute, Nate. We're going to cute because you can't be cute. You can't not be cute if we're talking <laughs> about fucking Kirby... Kirby games. Yes. Return to Dreamland's coming out soon. We're super close. Um, but <coughs> bugs me that that's lower than it should be. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which was a, I believe, a 3DS game as well, um, is coming to Switch very soon. Uh, on top of that, they showed off the fact that there's going to be a whole new game uh, epilogue, which won't be able to access until you've actually been the main story of the game. Um but you get to play as this little dude, little dude, Magalore, 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 Magalore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks cute. You basically are going through, you, you collect magic that you can then upgrade your skills and re return yourself to your powerful self or whatever. Um, and just the fact that we've got like an expansion on a game that already existed and had a full story, I thought was cute. Um, I just love sorry i'm looking at the trailer now again i i just love kirby games kirby games are like comfort food it's some of the mm -hmm. best comfort food possible um so i'm very excited for that to come out and that i believe is the 24th yeah a little dry where my water <laughs> i drank i'm talking a lot hold on Need somebody to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, redeem hydrate for myself here. Hold on. <laughs> Reminding myself there. Um, Nate, you can do that at any time too. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously a whole bunch of cool things. Very exciting. Um, oh yeah, Nate. That's right. I haven't talked about one single thing, right? What, what what could I possibly be holding off on? That's right. We got the f 
hopefully final maybe trailer for um Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um uh, obviously who isn't hyped for this? It looks I mean a lot of people are like, oh it just looks like more Breath of the Wild. That's kind of what a lot of us wanted. We just wanted that world expanded a little bit and the fact that mm-hmm. from what we're seeing it looks like we've got some underground looking things. We've got the sky. Um we've got bigger, badder creatures everywhere. Uh I'm very excited for this game. Um mostly because of what's about to be shown off in a second here. It's not really the main reason. There's just something really cool. Um, there's a single villain that we didn't get to see a, an updated version of a character that it looks like they're finally coming back. Um, and that is this little dude right here. This little scully looking zombie looking dude. No, no, no. Chameleon motherfucker's always been here. This is a different thing. We're pretty sure the internet has decided this is the new redesigned Redead. If you've played any Zelda games or a good portion of the three Zelda games, Redeads are terrifying. They scream at you, you get paralyzed, and then they start, like, hugging you to death. <laughs> Nobody wants a zombie hugging you to death. <laughs> um, but I love this design. Um, like, we, these guys have been around, these guys have been around. I think that is just, yeah, that's just a Bokoblin. Um I don't know what the fuck that is. Is that a... Oh yeah, this is like a mega hobgoblin. I don't remember all their names. They're fucking weird names. Um, so yeah, Zelda looks great. Uh, we have voiceover for Ganon. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it has been confirmed, but it sounds very, 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 very much. So it most likely is Matt Mercer. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Um, We'll have two fully voiced characters with Zelda and uh, Ganon. Um, yep. This just looks so fucking good. I'm so excited. There's some weird homing shit. You got fucking rail grinding, because why the hell not? I, mean, I, think, I think the strength of Breath of the Wild wasn't just open world Zelda game it's strength it shared the same strength that many other Zelda games had before it which is making an interesting world to explore mm-hmm. is putting things in that world that you look at something in the distance and you know that you can go there but then the game also rewarding you for going there so um, Nate, real quick I want to mm-hmm. remind you of um, the third game in a series uh, it's kind of hated Nobody really, really talks about it in a good way. Um, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Do you remember that game? Yes. That game is basically like, hey, Banjo got fat, can't do things on his own, so he has to (laughs) build devices to transport him from point A to point B. Um, Are we going to talk about what I think we're going to talk about? It's in the game, Nate. You can build (laughs) vehicles. Okay. Like little hover, little flying things. You got. I think it's yeah. It starts with the, the the car, but more importantly, just the fact. One, I love the fact that you find random pieces and you have to use like, not magnesis because mm-hmm. guess what? You're not using your tablet anymore. You're using some mm-hmm. weird arm gauntlet thing that has the power of the ancient gods or some bullshit. We don't know yet. Um, <laughs> it starts off with a little car. Love that. Looks mm-hmm. ridiculous, and I love everything about it. But a lot of people, I think, missed out on the fact that it looks like 
he made this little hot air balloon too because it's got yeah. like this weird goo looking thing to it and that just mm-hmm. doesn't look like it was naturally made like that it looks like that's something you did <laughs> on purpose um so i'm very interested to see what we'll be able to do because you even see with that with the little flying device you see the little goose little goose mm-hmm. sticking everything together Ooh, ooh, the I mean, goo <laughs> goo I don't goose mind. of the kingdom I, I love this stuff in video games when it's implemented well yeah, I mean, we both love the fuck out of, uh, oh, what was that goddamn game? Um, oh, what's the game that you used to have to kill all the little, like, you had to build different things to kill all the people attacking you and tear down, like, uh, castles and towers and shit? Oh, fuck. I forget. Completely bl- white, white ground and background and everything. Oh, I'm so mad that I can't remember it. We both <laughs> played the shit out of that game. I can't remember it either, but no, I, I like this stuff when it's implemented well. I mean, I, I haven't played it in a long time, but a game I really got into a while ago was Crossout, which is basically just like a Twisted Metal game, but yeah. you build your fucking cars. That so. game was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you build everything in it. Everyone knows, everyone who's listened to us knows I'm a fan of Armored Core, and it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. If you implement the system well and make it simple enough where people don't have to, like, get into the actual mechanics of how this thing works. It's just, a wheel is round, I know it rolls, so I put it on this part of the vehicle, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it go. Like, I think that's what they'll they'll aim for. And given the fact that the trend of open-world games is to make those open-worlds larger and larger as they do new iterations of them, having new ways to get around that world isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. That being um, said, from what I saw, it doesn't look like they're taking anything away from you from breath of the wild necessarily so if you want to do those crazy things like rock fly across the map i'm sure you'll find a way to do that i'm gonna that it's like there are three different parts of it one i'm excited for the game on its own two i'm excited to see the weird uh vehicles people create within the game and three i'm excited to see the speed runs i'm excited to see people break the fuck out of this game um because you know they will within like a week we'll we'll see like beat the game in two hours and then it'll be down to an hour and then it'll be sub 30 um developer reacts to person who beat the game in like five seconds (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i'm super excited for this game uh obviously it is a 100 percent day one purchase um i'm probably not going to pre-order it just because i'm i buy everything digitally now anyway Uh, Mm um but now going all the way back to why I wanted to lead from your thing into this one. Um, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom will be the first Nintendo title released mm-hmm. at the quote-unquote $70 price tag. $69.99, but we, who fucking cares about a penny? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this will be the first Switch title that is being released at $70. Um, obviously, the internet likes to react the way the internet reacts. Um and with that, we did get a little bit of an update. Um, Nintendo did say that not all games, not all games, will be at that seventy dollars price point. Um, it'll determine uh, on a case by case basis. Um, so it might just be the big guys. It might be the Mario's, the the Zelda's, mm. um, and to be honest, really just the Mario's and the Zelda's because. I can't think of any other thing. Maybe like if they release another <laughs> Mario Kart or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I feel like it's just going to be the the big big titles at this point. Um, that well, could be that seventy dollars price point. It'll probably be those, and it'll probably be third party titles that have also adopted that price point. So um, that and that's the interesting one that I'm, I'm thinking about is mm-hmm. like people joke around about Call of Duty specifically. Um, Call of Duty for a while was coming to uh, coming to Nintendo, and it was coming releasing day and date with the full game on all the other platforms, but noticeably a different game. Um, nowhere near as good graphic fidelity, sometimes even completely different gameplay mechanics and everything based off of the fact that it just couldn't do what the other ones could. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously this was back on Wii. I don't know if it made to Wii U, but I remember specifically ghosts. Um, because in my head, I thought about the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they could not use that dog technology on the Switch. Or on on the, on the Wii. Um, the dog dies in the end, right? He doesn't die. He does get fucked up pretty bad by a sniper, though. As long as he doesn't die, dog survives, that's fine. I don't know. Ghost was not the best Call of Duty game out there, but the story was kind of fun. Um, but there's a moment where you're walking into kind of a destroyed sort of building in the middle of a desert. Mm-hmm. And for a moment in the corner, this is all cutscene rendering. So for a moment, like in the corner, you see a sniper scope glint and then bang, the dog gets shot in like his back leg. And you have to spend this entire mission. This mission turns to an escort quest where you have to pick up the dog and move it from place to place, like behind cover while you're, like, actively being shot at and shit, and then kill all the enemies and keep moving the dog forward and stuff, so it gets a little crazy. Okay. <laughs> but, I did not yeah. get that far. Is that, is that all the, the one... Movie. Is, is Ghost the one that starts with the laser coming down from outer space? Yeah, it's not even a laser. Um, they have the satellite that has these giant, sort of, like, tungsten rods in it, and that's what they use to shoot down at Earth. Um, oh... It's okay. basically a giant spear thrower in space. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, we got that. That was, uh, you know, I'm glad that we got away from that. I I play. I only played that game for the multiplayer because I had to buy it digitally because I, X the release date, mm-hmm. um, for Xbox One. Yeah, uh, I got Battlefield, and Battlefield was, as you know, as we all know now, broken as fuck. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I want to play games with people. So I immediately was like, well, fuck it. I'm buying this game and I'll play it <laughs> digitally because I literally was up until like three o'clock in the morning playing with uh, Lou and some other friends of ours. Um, but you're right. Call of Duty on the Nintendo consoles have always been completely different games yeah. from the main line stuff. And I think it started with the Wii where they wanted to like integrate motion controls into Call of Duty. Yeah. Because they had done it with other shooter games. Um, I forget the name of the game, but Dave had it on his Wii when he got a Wii, and I just came to his house and played the fuck out of this game. I think I even beat it before he did. Red Steel? Some ge- Red Steel, that's what it was. <laughs> I played the absolute fuck out of Red Steel, and I'm sorry, like, I get the idea behind motion controls for aiming, but God, it was not good. The tracking on the Wiimote was all over the fucking place. So, Red Steel, the initial, the original Red Steel released before Wii Motion Plus. Um, mm-hmm. Wii Motion Plus drastically improved the the tracking. Um, yeah. Sure, it was it still wasn't perfect, but it was so much better than it used to be. Um, so that actually released alongside Red Steel Two, um, mm-hmm. specifically because that whole the whole point of that game was like combination gun 
gunning sword yeah. play. Um, and it's it's funny to me because Red Steel Two is such a departure from what the first game yeah. was. Um, but no, I mean we've seen this now with like VR and stuff like that, right? Is you just got better tracking technology now, so games like Boneworks or Bone Lab or yeah. Gorn or Blade and Sorcery or Half Life Alex, like all these Hell, games have phenomenal fucking, shooting in them. Even fucking uh, oh, super hot. Yeah. Um, seeing that translate from VR to, to I prefer it to in VR to uh, on console, but I would um, absolutely prefer it to VR because on console that game's difficulty increases just yeah. by the fact that you're using a controller. <laughs> yeah. Um, but back to the actual, <laughs> we're like really <laughs> off of this one. Um, pricing. I can see mm -hmm. certain games. Obviously, if games take a graphical hit or whatever, maybe not so much. Um, mm -hmm. And not and that I don't think. Unfortunately, that isn't on Nintendo. I, that is definitely on the the third parties to make that decision. Um, mm -hmm. I, what is your general opinion? Because I asked this <laughs> to the community on Twitter. Um, what is your general opinion on? Some games, not all, not all games have mm -hmm. done this, but some games jumping up to the $70 price point. I mean, my initial opinion was just, honestly, fuck this. There's no reason for games to be $70. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it's, there really was no need to ever have a standard price point for video games in the first place. Yeah. Um, back in the sort of PlayStation 2 era i mean i remember picking up most games i got for a ps2 for around 20 to 30 dollars um was it because they were like the the uh what were they called playstation classics or something like that yeah they were called bestsellers oh yeah um, so i got games pretty much on that bargain but then when we move into sort of the finalization of the ps2 moving into ps3 and xbox eras eras um we get the standard $60 price point for most new games. And it kind of sucks because, I mean, we growing up as kids, like if you had $60 just to blow on a video game, that was kind of a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, beyond that, as we became adults, we kind of just accepted it because, hey, we're making money now and we, we can afford to buy some of these games we want to play. Uh, that being said, a lot of this is just a product of games now being a commodity a product that needs to be bought and sold for a profit um and so a lot of these publishers again are going around and wondering you know we've got these super popular franchises why aren't we making all of the money on them instead of just some of the money um i i know for a fact that ubisoft is still very salty that like assassin's creed isn't the best-selling game franchise of all time like that was their goal for assassin's creed um <clears throat> I know that Activision is, even though they're seeing success with Call of Duty, are still kind of salty that Call of Duty is kind of reaching its, it's really reaching its end of lifetime at this point. Um, there's no more real innovation to do with Call of Duty. They keep remixing it into new game modes and keep tweaking game balance and stuff like that. But again, it's it's shooting guns and throwing grenades. You can only do that so many times before it gets boring. <laughs> um <clears throat> until you change the way that game plays on a fundamental level, like what sort of Black Ops and Advanced Warfare tried to do. Uh, Which is funny, said, Sony seems <laughs> really, really defensive of uh, of Call of Duty. Like, it can keep going on forever. Uh, I mean, 
to me, it's just, again, I don't see why games need a standard price point. Yep. If you set your development budget well, if you take the cost into consideration of producing that, then you should know what your price point needs to be at to turn a profit from that game without also screwing over the consumer at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we've talked about uh, indie games, just whether it be indie games or even, for instance, um, just la- the earlier this month with, or last month? Last month at this point, uh, with Hi Fi Rush. Hi Fi Rush is from a major developer, from a AAA developer, uh, released Hi Fi Rush at a $40 price point. Um, yes, again, it's on Game Pass. That's a whole separate argument. Uh, but on other platforms, it is a $40 game. Um, so it's it obviously isn't a requirement to be a $60 game from these people. Uh, I will say that it is interesting just looking at the history of games in general and pricing in general, the fact that $60 games have been a thing since the 90s. Um, it really hasn't really fully jumped up. Like you were talking about specifically the $20 bestsellers and all that kind of stuff. Bestsellers, mm-hmm. they weren't bestsellers, or they weren't discounted until they've been out long enough that they're like, okay, we can drop this down. Um, Nintendo, even for a while, used to do that as well, kind of with like the bestsellers of their games. Obviously, it was not a, as big of a drop in price. I think maybe some of them were down to maybe 30 or 40 But Pokemon, Zelda, Mario never really went much further below 50 I think you can actually get Zelda Breath of the Wild right now at at $30, something like that. I know I got it really cheap when I bought it digitally as well, because um, I'd had it physically, but decided to get it digitally, because, you know, me and digital stuff, yay. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it has really been $60 for that long, so the fact that 30 years, how what's time? Is that time? Is that 30? Yeah, 30 <laughs> years. 30 years time, we're finally now seeing that standardized price kind of go up um i can see the possibility of it being hey the quote-unquote standard price is going up to 70 but we're playing with it more nintendo for instance we just that's literally what this whole thing is about is the fact that nintendo has come out and say hey case by case not every nintendo switch game um is going to be a 70 dollar game uh and I, i mean it Specifically with Microsoft, I don't know what Microsoft is going to do. Microsoft doesn't have... Microsoft pricing structure seems different because of the way that it's every every game, every first-party title is being released to the public regularly, like regular at a price, but also on Game Pass. So I think maybe there's something with Game Pass that is allowing them to keep their prices down a little bit for some reason. Um, I mean, hell, every game that goes on there, if you want to buy it so you never have to worry about leaving Game Pass, it has, a, I think, a is it a 30% off, I believe? Um, every game has a 30% off discount uh, if it is in Game Pass when you actually buy it. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Um, so who knows what they're, where they're going to end on this in general. I don't think we've actually gotten an official... Since games have been starting to hit and buy games, I'm specifically talking about on Sony uh, or on PlayStation, um, we haven't really gotten any Microsoft AAA, quote-unquote AAA title uh, that has released since then. Um, I think the the last big AAA 
Fuck, I can't even think what the last big AAA title from them was. Hmm. And I, I'm like, was it Halo? Was Halo the last big game that they put out? <laughs> no, Plague, Plague Tale, right? Let me double check. When did that come out? I think Plague Tale came out after it. Yeah. Um, actually, no, this isn't even... For some reason, I thought this was... Uh, the first party for them. I guess it's not. No. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, basically nothing from them so far has been at that $70 price point. This is, again, the first time Nintendo's done this. Um, who knows? I am... I feel like I'm one of the few people that I'm like, yes, it sucks. It does suck. It absolutely sucks, uh, especially in a time where people aren't being fucking paid well. If game, the, the only reason, if games are going up, everything should go up. And I mean, I'm not talking about like the price of everything. I'm talking about we should be being paid more <laughs> as a people. <laughs> um, well, yeah. In general, and we should have been being paid more. It's like I, I feel like. Minimum wage has been consistently horrible uh, for as long as games have been $60, at least. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even longer. I know, I, mean, I know is... longer than that, but I'm just making the joke yes. that, like, <laughs> if they could stay consistent with pricing for that long, alongside with us not, or federal minimum wage not going up, uh, maybe it's time that we, as a country, decide to get paid more, too. What do you think, you dumb fucks and government positions um <laughs> the only people don't you know how it works the only people that deserve to get paid are the people who are already getting paid way too much fucking money to spend oh yeah what was i thinking i uh, <laughs> uh of course just like you know if you're gonna play a dumb fuck wizard game uh you're doing it to support the developers that have already been paid and that will most likely still be laid off even if this that game does uh billions of dollars um, eat a fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> not sorry. Fuck that. No. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of. I don't know. I really don't know where I come down on this. Because the thing is, I'm buying that fucking game. There are mm. games that I will spend seventy dollars on. Will that seventy dollars stop me from paying for other things that I don't have that level of interest on? Definitely. Um. For instance, there is not a single PlayStation title. This is nothing against PlayStation. Um, but currently, there is not... I Again, I'm only saying it because of the fact that PlayStation is the one that is doing the $70 games. There's not a single PlayStation title that I have enough interest in that I would, if I had a fucking PlayStation 5, would then spend $70 on it. Because, um, hmm. hell, right now, that's a $570 uh, purchase just to play a single fucking game. Um but taking the cost of the, the console out, even then, I'm like, no, I'm good. Nothing that they have interests me interests me enough uh, to not wait for it to come to PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is going to be the biggest thing for a lot of people. Um, mm. Again, we talked about Game Pass with the fact that everything that Xbox puts out is going to be there. So even if it releases at a $70 price point, guess what? If you don't want to pay for that, if you don't want to pay that full price, why not subscribe to the to Game Pass for a couple months? 
get through the game, then you don't have to continue. Or subscribe to Game Pass, get 30% off the game, then be able to play it after your subscription's done. Or just stick around with that subscription, because guess what? It's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, we are not shills for for Microsoft. Uh, We just personally have all found... Not quality. What's the the? I'm trying to figure out the the terminology mm. in my head. The right. price that we pay is worth it. It's called value. Thank you. <laughs> I could not remember the fucking word value for the life of me. Um, Games Pass offers an incredible value. Yeah. Uh, um, stop saying it like that because it sounds like we're ads and we're not ads. Don't we? We aren't getting paid by you yet, Xbox. Dear Phil Spencer. <laughs> Philly boy, do you mind if I call you Philly boy? Uh, <laughs> Philly cheesesteak, how you been? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, all right, your Xbox is now hardware banned. <laughs> no! <laughs> My username is DarthDave89. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, you know... Uh, whatever i gonna play the games i'm gonna buy the games we're all gonna keep paying the games the problem is we have no say in this all we would be the only way that we would be able to stop is if literally every single game player no longer ever paid for a game that was over 70 dollars and we already have allies that can't stop themselves from playing a shitty wizard game so i don't think that'll ever fucking happen um i mean that's just the world we live in we have the benefit of living in the first world where we get to make decisions like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, Nate. <laughs> I am very upset because I had a thing and I thought I had exported it correctly. Turns out I it exported it incorrectly um, so I could play it. Uh, but I didn't. So I'm going to have to top, put it in for the, the video version and the audio version later. Um, but, uh... You got a no context recommendation? No context recommendations. Yeah, this is a thing now. Mm, let's see. What would my no context recommendation be for today? I actually didn't think about this because we didn't write it down this time. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, it's just going to be a consistent for moving forward every every episode i made a little audio thing to play during the uh during the podcast so i can be like well bam (laughs) let's see my no context recommendation will be this manga that i don't even know if i like that much but i started reading it it's yancha gal no yancha gal g-a-l no Anjo-san. <laughs> Yansha Gal no Oa-san? Anjo. A-N-J-A-O-U. I'm just writing it down so I can be like, okay, I got that for later. <laughs> the fact that it's given me people also search for it, I'm like, mm, okay. Um, I know what Nate's into. And the internet knows <laughs> what Nate's into. Uh... <laughs> Just from this picture alone, I'm like, okay, Nate, I see you. Um, Just 
Find me a girl to bully me. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Again, no context. No context for anything. <laughs> as always. Um, no, my my personal no context uh, recommendation uh, is not TV. It's not manga. It's not anything like that. Um, it's uh, so I went to to <laughs> I went to Wendy's earlier today. <laughs> Please tell me your no context recommendation is not a Wendy's menu option. <laughs> uh, technically, it is. Um, oh my god! <laughs> no context, but um, they have a uh, Ghost Pepper Ranch. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. Ghost Pepper Ranch. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Still in there. Uh, so yeah, that's been no context recommendations for this week. Uh, <laughs> This has been No Context Recommendations. Uh, have, have a nice one. Speaking of which, oh my God. spicy things, did you just look it up? Yes. It's fucking delicious, but we're not talking about it. No context, Nate. Um, so, but speaking of spicy things, it's not, it's not even, never mind, not going to talk about it more. <laughs> um, Kim, Kim gave me a gift today. Uh, they, huh? They brought um, chocolate box, whole box of caramels. Do you know what kind of caramels, Nate? I do not know what kind of caramels. Spicy caramels. Oh boy! It's a whole bunch this goes more. Back to the whole spicy chocolate. Thing. Yeah, it's all. It's from the same place. Mm. Um, I'm very excited to have those. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you for joining us again. For our first live episode in a very long time, it was longer than I wanted it to be, but that's because we're really bad at staying on topic and we ramble, and it's great like that. If you want to hear <laughs> us do that more, if you want to see us do that more, uh, follow us on all the social media. Just search Space Time Taco. You can subscribe here. You can subscribe to our YouTube, follow, and never miss uh, any of the streams because, um, you know, I post them there. We're putting them all up there. Once I'm actually, I think I'm going to have it so every time that they expire from the history on the Twitch channel, they're just on YouTube. Um, if we had an editor, we would edit them down to highlights, but goddamn, that is a lot of footage for this guy to do. It's a lot of footage yeah. for that guy to do. Neither of us. Neither of us have the time or <laughs> mental band, mental capacity to do so. Um, but yeah, follow us everywhere. If you want to support us directly, check us out on patreon.com slash spacetime taco. Uh, I'm going to not plug the other one because I haven't touched it. I got to do ooh, uh, noises in my ear. What was that? Um, yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, well, Nate, you got anything else before I do the thing? No, I don't think I do. All right, cool. Well, I am Time Burrito. You can follow me. Follow me everywhere at Time Burrito. And I am a little teapot. You can follow me on Instagram at a little teapot eighty nine and Twitter on a little teapot. Oh, is a little teapot not available on Instagram? It was not available. Damn, I knew I should have stole it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. Go inside and play video games. <laughs> <laughs>